Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to the Monster Eat the Pilot podcast, podcast hosted by me, Brandon. It is a Thursday, which means it's time for the sports talk, the sporty talk, the talk of the sports, the talk of the balls, man. It's ball talk. That's what we're, that's what we're all here for. We're here to talk about some balls. All right. That's how we're coming in. Coming in hot. We're coming in ready to go. Uh, yeah, that's right. This is the day where I do whatever, man. I've got uh, Tuesday night for me recording-wise. So, I mean, it might not be 100% up to date, but who cares? Nothing matters at all. I'm just busy tomorrow for recording sake. Got ketamine stuff to do. And as you heard this past week, ketamine's making me rethink a lot of things about life. Also got therapy stuff tomorrow. So it's going to be a great day. Great day talking about myself all the time. Oh, just wrapped up a stream of Star Stripes Anfield Nights for a Liverpool transfer room. So go check that out. If you have not, uh, the channel just hit 10,000 subscribers. So go there and make it 10,001 for the love of God, you big dum-dums. Do it. Uh, yeah, so tonight we're going to be talking about the sports talk. We're going to talk over Liverpool game. Speak a little bit, of, I guess, about the Bruins. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else to talk about, man? Sports talk might have to go away until I have more stuff to talk about. Like I said, I think the MLS stuff will be done next week or maybe the week after, right before the season starts. We're just a couple weeks away from the opening of the MLS season. I'm wearing my Pittsburgh Riverhounds uni stuff uh, or my hoodie here, Pittsburgh Riverhounds. They are now my North American Soccer League team. So deal with it. I don't know. Why not? Right? I, I know some decent people in Pittsburgh, but whatever. Uh, but if you haven't already, make sure you like, share, subscribe, support. Anywhere podcasts are available, you can find Monster Eight the Pilot. Watch the video on Spotify if you're so inclined to. We've got... I don't know. What else is going on, man? You know? I watched Dread today. It's a pretty underappreciated movie. Not like Judge Dread from like the 80s or whatever. Like the one that was from like uh, 10 years ago. The one with Carl Urban. And I can't remember her name, but man. She's gorgeous. Then uh, Cersei Lannister, Lena Headey, she was in there as well. Also, and uh, Wood Harris, you know, Barksdale, Avon Barksdale from The Wire, uh, Julius Campbell from Remember the Titans, that guy, yeah, he's in it as well. But no, let's get into this, uh, you know, the sports stuff. Let's get into sports stuff. Let's talk about this Liverpool game because I don't want to talk about too much. Arsenal 3, Liverpool 1. It's a loss. Still top of the table, I think. Uh, yeah, we still are. Uh, Man City, though, if they win their game in hand, do overtake us. It's a tough loss. We didn't play great. At the same time, I don't know. Arsenal always a tough game. I mean, begin the year, we weren't expected to be in this position, so whatever. And I know some people are not happy. Like, some Liverpool fans are like, geez, like, comment down a little bit, Arsenal, because, like, they celebrated like they won the freaking title. And I'm like, whatever. Like, let them go ahead and do that. One, they're not getting anything out of this year. They're not going to win the title. They're not going to, you know, they're already out of the FA Cup. They're already out of the Carabao Cup. They're not going to win the Champions League. They're not going to win anything this year. And also, like, it also shows how important beating Liverpool is to teams. Like, it's that big a deal for them to beat us. So it, it, take it as a compliment is the way I kind of saw it. And then, um, you know, it's it means that much. Because also that saved their season. Because even though I said they're not going to win anything, this still gives them a chance to compete for the title because if they would have lost this game, if they, even if they would have drawn this game title, their title charge would have been over. Like that's how important beating us was Sunday. So we played that garbage. I thought I only got to watch first half cause I had, you know, got to work and immediately got busy because of course it's only Liverpool Arsenal, you know, <laughs> that's every time it's a big game. It's like, everybody's like, oh, let's go, let's go buy a mattress now. Uh, pretty sure it's a big footy game right now. Let's go ahead and go bother Brandon. <sighs> I hate making money. <laughs> 
season. Um, no, nah, so I didn't get to watch most of the second half, and I'm not going to bother go back and watch. I don't. I don't know. Some people can do that. They go back and like analyze the games much more when their teams even lose. I, I no, nah, I'm not going back and watching that. I know there was a, a complete calamity um, between Allison and Van Dyke on the second goal, and then Konate got sent off at the very end. They scored a goal after that. You know, three one. So first of like real loss of the season because you can't really count the Spurs game because of how much of a mess up that was from the officiating from you know two garbage red cards against us and then a rightful goal ruled out for no reason like um and then looked at by VAR and still screwed up so you know that you kind of have to put an asterisk against that Tottenham game this is the first game we've actually like really lost this year in the Premier League so it's gonna happen you know it's gonna happen but obviously we get back at it with Burnley over the weekend that's that's key you know Burnley sucks they are very bad and it's at Anfield, so hopefully we are routing them. Um, hopefully we send a message that, no, nah, that's not going to make us like wobble. We're here to kind of destroy stuff. More. <laughs> it's so stupid. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm looking at some stuff right here. Duncan McGuire, he plays for Orlando City. He's moving to Blackburn on loan, and it broke down due to an administrative error. So <laughs> it's not good. It's like, uh, remember when the Browns traded a first round pick for AJ McCarron and were celebrating about getting their guy that they forgot to submit the paperwork and they didn't get their guy, <laughs> which it's like a blessing. Like AJ, Mc- I, I don't know. There was that weird obsession with backup quarterbacks in the mid 2010s where it's like AJ McCarron and Matt Flynn and uh, even kind of Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit, but at least Jimmy Garoppolo had like some success. There's like a couple other ones like Ryan Mallett was another one. I was like, I was like, Oh man, He's the best backup quarterback. You got to trade a first-round pick for him. And, like, somehow people started trading first-round picks for players who never played quarterback in the NFL and were drafted, like, in the fifth round two years before. It's like, oh, we got to trade a first-rounder for that fifth-round pick. It's like, what are you doing? Stupid. Um, nah, that's still funny. That's like That was the epitome of the Hugh Jackson years. Like, oh, man, that was the worst. <laughs> we got our guy, A.J. McCarron. Who I'm I'm ninety percent sure I saw him at a strip club in Indianapolis one time. I'm ninety percent sure I saw Eugene McCarron at a strip club in Indianapolis. Yeah, I've been I've been at gentlemen's clubs. No big deal. I'm not gonna tell a story about it. It's what you expect. Music's really loud. Ronnie was really loud and drunk. And um, yeah, that's pretty much that's almost every story of Ronnie though. He's loud and drunk. <laughs> good dude. He's a good dude. Uh, no, but in the Premier League, man, Luton, if Luton knew how to close out games, they'd be fine. Like, you know, you got to think of like the points they dropped against us. They dropped two points against us when they were up one nothing in the, you know, injury time. They gave up the winning goal against Arsenal in injury time. You know, they were up on Man City and lost uh, this past weekend. They were up 4-2 on Newcastle and ended up dropping uh, to a draw. I mean, look at it right there. That's... Four plus. I mean, God, dude. You're talking like 10 extra points. They had that 10 extra points. They're safe. They'd be right behind Chelsea, who are really bad. Really bad. They got beat up by Wolves over the weekend after getting really beat up by us. Yeah, they're at... God. Chelsea's really bad. Really bad. Don't feel bad for them, though. One bit. I think it's hilarious that they're awful. Plastic club. Whatever. You know, Liverpool's still top of the table, like I said, but though if Man City wins their game in hand, they take over. Uh, we're at 51 points. City at 
49. They came from behind and beat Brentford. Ended up being 3-1. I think, uh, what's his name? Phil Foden had a hat trick, if I'm thinking correctly. Arsenal at 49 points as well. Then you got Villa at 46. That's your Champions League spots. Tottenham, who have kind of went to the crappers in terms of defense. Like, they have, like, the third worst defense since, like, December. Um, yeah. Then you got United, because, you know, garbage-ass United somehow is in sixth place. <laughs> then you got West Ham, Brighton, Newcastle, Wolves, Chelsea, Bournemouth, Fulham. And then after the Fulham, I think that's where you start getting into teams that should start having some worries about the relegation scrap. You got Crystal Palace, Brentford, Not Forest, Luton, Everton, Burnley, Sheffield. Um, Palace, Palace looked awful over the weekend. Who'd they play? Brighton. Brighton made them look bad. And they are bad. And I don't know, man. I saw something that just kind of irritated me during the Crystal Palace game. It's like they were down like 2 nothing, 3 nothing within a half hour or something like that, playing awful. And all of a sudden, like the signs came out about her ownership's horrible and no investment in the squad and um, yanks out because they have, I think the people who own the commanders own them. Um, I don't know. Like, dude, stop. Your ownership's not bad. Like, there was a lot of turnover in the offseason because they had to because I can't think they were up. I think they were up against financial fair play stuff. So they couldn't really invest in the squad. It's just like the Wolves situation. It's just like almost a lot of teams in the Premier League. There's a reason why Arsenal can't get a striker right now. It's because they're up against financial fair play stuff. Like, there's a reason why Manchester United has to work out really odd loan deals. And now they can't even do that because they're up against financial fair play. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, there's certain ways you have to run the club. And, like, they can't just go out there and spin, spin, spin. And also, they have a good bit of players on that team. Elise is a good player. Eze is a good player. Um, I'm trying to think. There's a couple other players. But man, those are pretty solid players. Decor, like, their issue right now is they're all hurt. I think Eze's hurt. Elise played nine minutes. He came on at halftime, immediately got hurt, which was like, why did they even put him out there? Because I guess he's been dealing with hamstring issues. Went out there, immediately aggravated it, had to come off. And then Decore's out for a while. I mean, like, just the, whole, the best players on your team aren't playing right now. Of course you're kind of shit. Like, you know what I mean? You're relying on Jordan Ayew, who, despite has been there forever, still hasn't scored 20 goals in the league which I find odd because I swear I've seen him score a lot of goals, <laughs> even though he's awful. He's like a player that sometimes does incredible things, but then he'll go like 12 straight games and you'll forget that he's even playing. And he played like the 90 of every single game. So I don't know, man. And then Sheffield got absolutely waxed by, was it Villa? Yeah, Villa just waxed him like five mil. Sheffield is really bad. Burnley and Sheffield are horrible. Luton is not that bad, considering that they have hardly any Premier League talent. I mean, they've done a good job with the, you know, kind of free transfer business and kind of loan business, bringing in like uh, Ross Barkley, who, you know, is not a great player, but I mean, definitely good enough for Luton, definitely good enough for the Premier League. Andrews Townsend, who, you know, has his moments. That Colton guy up top, I can't, I think it's is it Morris. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but I mean, he's done a good job. They've got some talent on that team and like they're doing what you need to do. Find ways to get results at home. You know, get your results at home. Try to nick one on the road here and there. Like, you know, they're doing their job at home. And right now they're out of the relegation scrap. We got Everton down there. I don't know. Like, I thought Everton was going to be fine. Because, I mean, they immediately got themselves out of, like, last place when they dropped all the 10 points for the financial fair play stuff. But they kind of hit a wall. And you're starting to realize, man, this team's not good. Like I said earlier in the year. There's some decent talent. Like, Brantwith is a good player. Onana's a pretty good player. But, like, you know... Other than that, it's like, it's a team that's probably, I don't know. I don't think they're going down. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll find a way to get out of it. But I don't know. Then Forrest, 
is signing Gio Reyna, which I complained about last week, but whatever. He might be a decent player for them. Um, I don't know. Brentford, I think, will be fine. Getting Ivan Tony back is such a massive boost for Brentford. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll get out of it. I think they'll probably finish up there right around uh, Bournemouth and Chelsea. <laughs> Yeah, that's where Born, that's where Brentford's aiming is to overtake Chelsea in the standings, and they have a good shot of doing that. <laughs> uh, now, like I said, Liverpool's got what is it? It's uh, we got Burnley. It's a decent little run for us, especially with Sobosly is hurt. I think he might be out for a month, though. Sometimes they say no. Arsenal clone Anfield aura to reaffirm what? the hell are they talking about? No, they did not. They really, they really, really want to push Arsenal as like a big deal. And they're not. I don't know. Where are we at? I'm lost. Fixtures, not results. Yeah, we got Burnley, then we got Brentford, then we got Luton, then we get Chelsea in the Carabao Cup and Southampton beat Watford today, so we play Southampton in the FA Cup at the end of the month. So 10th, 17th, 21st, 25th, 28th. Then we get Nottingham Forest. And then we get City. I mean, I really hate like saying like, oh yeah. But there's no game on this schedule where I'm not like, yeah, we win that game. Like we should be beating Burnley at home. If we're not, if we don't beat Burnley at home, we have no business saying we are in a title race. <laughs> like Burnley's horrible. Trafford is a pretty solid keeper. And he's got no help in front of him. Um, Brentford will be tough away because Brentford always is up for it. Um, that'd be the toughest game. Luton at home, that's the game we should be winning fairly easily. Chelsea's in such a shitter right now that we should be taking the Carabao Cup final without much issues, but it's always a final. You never know. Then the FA Cup, it's at home against Southampton, who's in the championship. We should be taking that with, you know, minimal fuss. Even with our backup squad, we should be winning that game. Then we get Nottingham Forest. Then we get the big game against Man City at home. Might take the day off for that. 11.45, of course, 11.45. You know? City, then we have the last Merseyside Derby for Jurgen Klopp. Got some good stuff going down the way. Really, though, we look at kind of our schedule. City. We have City at home. We have United away. And Everton away. That's like our toughest games. So, huh, we've gotten most of the big stuff out of the way. Arsenal way is now done. You know, we already went to Man City and got a point. So, I mean, if we win that game, like, obviously, that's the big that's the big game. If we come out of the uh, game against Man City with the win, we have everything in our in a, at our back. We're, we'll be kind of in the driver's seat. But if we come out with a loss, Man City, obviously, way in the driver's seat. That's what Arsenal fans, I don't, I can't believe they didn't learn it last year. Man City doesn't lose this time of year. They just don't know how to lose in the second half of the season. It's frustrating. It's very frustrating. You're not catching them. <laughs> we somehow like reeled them in from 15 points down a couple years ago and still couldn't overcome. So they still got to come back from 2-0 down the last day of the fucking season. Sorry. <sighs> but no, you know. Whatever. That's Premier League talk. That's Liverpool talk. So Slice Hurt, Salah's almost back. Wataro's back. Because uh, Wataro and Japan got knocked out of the, whatchamacallit, the Asian Cup. And Jordan 
knocked out South Korea today. Good for Jordan. You know? Good for them. That's pretty freaking incredible. It's like them, and I don't think they... I think they play the other game, the other semifinal tomorrow. I mean, I only push, you know, all things. Yes, like, why would you do that? But I hate the internet. Yeah, the other game is tomorrow. Iran and Qatar. So we're looking at an all-Middle East final for the Asian Cup. That's be interesting. I think I, they're talking like Iran's in like a golden generation in terms of footballing talent. So, I mean, it should be like Iran and Jordan. I'd be rooting for Jordan for that. Um, Jordan has been much more <laughs> friendly in terms of geopolitical stuff over the years. So, go Jordan. And then in the AFCON, Cape Verde got knocked out on penalties, man, against South Africa. I was devastated. I got to watch it at work. I was I was devastated. I was all excited watching that game, watching, um, you know, Stephen Moreira doing well. It would help if Bebe, the guy who uh, somehow tricked his way onto Manchester United all them years ago, didn't try to shoot every single time he touched the freaking ball. Like, he was taking shots from just, like, anywhere on the pitch. And it's like, stop. Stop. And there was, more, like, there was one time he's, like, almost on the byline, and he takes a shot. And it's like, you're not scoring from there. And obviously he puts it out for a goal kick. But, man, the goalkeepers, though, for the, in that game, both the Cape Verde and the South African keeper, they played – they made massive saves in the extra time. There was one ball over the top. May have been in regular time still. Cape Verde put the ball over the top. Oh, phenomenal save up against the crossbar. Closing down the, you know, the attacker, making himself big. Attacker does everything right, and he just makes a good enough hand to it to put it off the crossbar. It was a really excellent save. And then in the second uh, extra time period, if I'm thinking correctly, uh, South Africa got an incredible opportunity. And same thing, Cape Verde guy just got big, makes a big save. And then uh, South Africa kept the ball, put another really good ball in. It's an excellent header, and it's an even better save to tip it over the bar. Like, it was some great stuff happening in that game. And then it went to penalties, and the South African keeper, big ups to him. I think his last name's Williams. I'm not sure what his first name is. He made he made four saves out of the five. He let one in and he saved the other four. That's incredible stuff. So yeah, I ended up knocking Cape Verde out. So that was my favorite. The uh, semifinals of tomorrow: Nigeria versus South Africa, Ivory Coast versus Congo DR. Um, I would expect Ivory Coast and Nigeria to come through those, but at the same time, if South Africa is not giving up goals, like they're not giving up goals, and the way their keepers playing, you go to penalties. You know, South Africa's got a great chance, but Nigeria is kind of like the power as a powerhouse there. Um, and Ivory Coast has been traditionally over the last like 20 years, a very good footy, footy, uh, nation. Uh, I'm really surprised that Congo DR is kind of here. It's a big nation, but I think it's a fairly underdeveloped nation. I don't know. I, I don't want to speak on stuff like that without, without knowing that much about the nation anymore. I know it, you know, it's had its times where it's not that developed, but maybe they're going along, you know, stronger Africa means a stronger world. So hopefully everybody develops, right? And still keeps their cultures, though, somehow. You know? Not going into some weird, you know, amalgamation of... Every, what, what are we talking about, Brandon? Shut up. <laughs> uh, no. Nah. I'd expect Nigeria and Ivory Coast to be in the final. And I expect Nigeria to win that game. Oh! Where are we at otherwise? The Bruins lost tonight, back from the All-Star break. Somebody won the All-Star game? I don't know. Who cares? Uh, they lost the Flames tonight. Not great. 
Um, should be a pretty quiet overall uh, trade deadline. Not a lot of big names are out there, and already the two big kind of centers have moved. Lindholm moved from the Flames to Vancouver, right? And Vancouver, for a team that was completely like falling apart last year, and they're talking about going through another rebuild, they're very good this year. Yeah, he went to Vancouver. He was the big guy on the market. That's who I wanted with the Bruins, but the Bruins just don't have the assets to trade for him or the cap space. Might be somebody we can make a run at, though, in the offseason once the uh, performance bonuses from Krejci and Bergeron go off the uh, cap bill next year. Um, and then Sean Monaghan moved from the Canucks to the Jets. So a lot of Canadians to Canadians teams. So, yeah, that, those were the two big ones. There was not a whole. There's not a whole lot out there. There's like some guys, like some talented like youngsters that could be moved if the right deal comes in. Like I know sometimes people are throwing out Zegers from Anaheim might be on the move, but I doubt that. I don't think they have any interest in moving him yet. Maybe next year if he's still kind of because he was having an awful year to begin it. I'm not sure if he's still in that awful season or not. I think he's got some Marshawn in his game. Zegers does. Where I think he's got, I think he's got a little bit of shithousery in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's only got seven points on the year, but he has been hurt. He's only played twenty games, so I mean, he's an incredibly talented kid. One month ago, out six eight a week, so he should be coming back soon. But yeah, I don't think he's getting moved. If he gets moved, it'd be moved like maybe the off season. But really, it'd be like maybe this time next year if they're still really bad. Maybe he gets moved then because it's not happening. Um, no, but. I I like I talked about last week. The Bruins still do outperform, even though they didn't play great tonight. Lost four one. They, they've still outperformed all my expectations this year. Like still to be top of the division with the losses we did, and still last year, kind of a retooled roster a little bit that we're still kind of performing at the rate we're performing is nice. Like I said, I still have my doubts about this team being a Stanley Cup contender. Like I just don't see it. Um, I just don't think we have the depth at center, or like kind of we don't have that elite ability at the center position. Charlie's played great, but who's the one like Pavel's played good, but he hasn't played at number one center level. Neither does Charlie. Like we don't have that. And that's the thing we had with Bergeron. When there was a big, big face off at the end of the game, you knew who was taking it. It was going to be Bergeron and he was going to win it. Like 80% of the time he's winning that big draw. I think our since we've lost Bergeron, we went from like the best faceoff team. I think we're like twentieth or something like that now. So, do we have that in us? I don't know. We're still a very good team. If Swayman and uh, Linus can get really hot at playoff time, we'll definitely in it. But I just we start talking about ifs. That's the one thing I when I talk to like you, you know who I'm talking about. There's people out there who say if the Reds traded everybody and brought in all like high school players to play this season, there will be like guys out there who think that the Reds will have a chance to win it all or something like that. Same thing like the Bengals. Like there'll be like people like, oh, yeah, well, if this guy does this, if this guy does that, or you sign some guy who had a really good year, like 10 years ago, like, well, if he plays like that, once you start getting into ifs and those ifs turn in like four or five ifs, it's not happening. Cause that means you're basically asking for five things to go your way in sports. Things don't fall that way. Typically, so every once in a while it does. You have like Leicester City winning the title where things just kind of fell in the right way. You know, City was down, Chelsea was down, Liverpool was down, United was down, uh, Spurs were Spurs. And, you know, 
Riyad Mahrez found that world-class ability that he had, but had never shown or hadn't shown in his career very often. And Vardy just got red hot. And like, you know, Nicola Conte transformed the team. It just, everything fell into place. And it's just like, that's not really what happens in sports. So I don't want to get too many in the ifs, you know, it's like, well, if, you know, if Potras can take off, if, uh, you know, because maybe Fabian Lysel gets caught up and he starts scoring goals like crazy. If pa- well, Pasternak's going to continue like this. If uh, Zaka can, you know, take the next step as a center, you know, we start talking about ifs. Mm. I don't know, but our defense is really good, and we have really good goaltending that can win titles. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think last year just the expectations just got so high because of how great we were and how deep we were and how there was zero flaws in that roster to lose the way we did. Just, I don't have much faith, <laughs> which I still say, I, I wish, you know, whenever they were doing all the predictions and stuff, there's all those people like, oh, the Bruins in three over Florida. It's like the Bruins in three, like, you know, not even, they don't even have to play that fourth game. The Bruins are sweeping them. I was one of the loudest people out there. I want you to go back and listen to those old episodes. I was one of the loudest people out there to say, no, this is the worst matchup the Bruins could have gotten the first round. It's like, you know, this is a very talented Panthers team. Bob can get hot or whoever can get hot and goal. They've got some top-end talent. They may not be the deepest, but this is a team that won the President's Trophy last year. There's talent in this team, and they're playing well at the end of the year. They're getting hot. And at the same time, I was also about the Bruins were not playing great down the stretch last year. They just kept winning, even though they weren't playing well. And then, for some reason, we played Bergeron in the last game of the season, and he got you know, nicked up in that game and Linus hurt his hip in the last game of the season when we had no business playing him. Another thing. But I said that was a six game series because the Panthers are pretty good and they're peaking at the right time. And what the Panthers do, they beat us in seven and they made a run to the Stanley Cup finals. So I'm not saying I'm the smartest NHL guy in the room, but I'm saying is whatever you want me to say, you know, saying I got lucky and I looked right. Oh, I am excited about watching playoff hockey, though. We're still a few months away. <sighs> Is there anything else we got to talk about tonight? MLB stuff? I answered, like, an MLB fan thing for the Reds. Like, how excited you are for the season. And I was like, you know, I'm optimistic. They they, they should win over 80. They should be over 500 again. It's all about whether the pitching can take an ex- another step. Um, I like the Montes deal. If he stays healthy, once again, we're talking about ifs. If he's healthy and he's back to what he was in Oakland, it's a great pickup if Hunter Green takes the next step in his career, which like him and Lodolo and Ashcraft should be taking those steps. If they're going to be serious prospects, they should be taking those steps. And not so much if, they should be taking those steps. So that should be improving. Um, Abbott stays on the trajectory he was last year, though. At, towards the end of the year, he started kind of, hmm, if Brandon Williamson takes another different step in his development, maybe. I'm excited about that Petty kid. Chase Petty down in the minor leagues. He's got elite arm talent. That's who they got for Sonny Gray. Uh, they did make some dumb moves. I can't remember who they signed. What was the guy's name? But they already have like a lot of players who play that position. And he's just like, he's just filling up a roster spot. Why is this guy on this team? I was like, why are you using money on him? That was a weird one. I think he's like a first base outfielder type. I can't remember his name. Uh, whatever. You still got some excellent talent down there. Cam Collier, Edwin Arroyo. Uh, I already talked about, you know, Chase Petty. Um, there's a couple other guys down there that, are still elite players, are elite level talents. You have to figure out what to do with Jonathan India. You got to figure out what to do with Ellie Dela Cruz and Novel Marte and Matt McClain. Because and then because 
those three guys all there are like shortstops <laughs> right there. Though Marte's not a great fielder. McLean is good enough. And then Dela Cruz, obviously, is just an elite, elite. Like, he should be, like, a center fielder, but T.J. Fruit will kind of earn a spot on the roster, so what do you do? Um, but no, my, my biggest thing is their manager's garbage. David Bell's a garbage manager. He will always hold this team back. This, they said, oh, will this team win a World Series in five years? And there was a lot of people saying yes. I'm like, they're not going to win a single freaking thing with David Bell as a manager. Sorry. This team will be a wasted talent team because they have a waste of a manager. Like, sorry. Like, I don't know. I don't know why people think he deserved anything. I, oh, well, he had horrible teams a couple of years. Yeah, he did. But remember in his first couple of years when he had Trevor Bauer, Sonny Gray, um, he had Votto rocking, he had Nick Castellanos, he had Moustakas, he had all these guys kind of rolling. They were an incredibly talented team. And he went 500 and only got into the playoffs because they put 20 teams in the playoffs. And then he didn't score a run over two games. And he was an awful manager in those two games. You remember that? Because I definitely remember that. Guy's not a good manager. But whatever. What do I know? I'm, you know, I'm only the smartest guy in the room. Remember when I called that thing about the Bruins and the Panthers last year? I called it. But whatever. I'm just smart. <laughs> whatever. I don't think I've got too much else for you, sports-wise. Like I said, I got MLS stuff. I, I think that's going to be next week. Maybe it's the week after. I think it'll be the week after just because it's right before the MLS season. So we can go into MLS previews and stuff like that about where teams are going to be, moves over in the offseason, stuff I'm excited for heading into the summer as we get going. But other than that, I think that should be it for me. So thank you so much for listening, understanding all the fun stuff. If you like what you heard, spread the good word. Anywhere podcasts are available, you can find Monster Eat the Pilot. You can watch the video on Spotify. You can do whatever you want to do, man. I'm not stopping you. I'm not here to be a goalie. If you're not hurting anybody, I'm here to either assist or get out of the way. It's Kyle Kinane right there. He said that. Good guy. Good guy, great guy, wonderful guy, I think. Never met him in person. But anyway, um, I'm out. I'll be back Monday. We'll probably talk some more ketamine stuff. Probably have some songs. Maybe talk about some other things. I don't know. Like I said, we're still trying to figure out what Monday in the Music Room is without the Lost Street Watch. So we're we're on it right now. We're figuring it all out. But once again, thank you so much. 10-4, Daddy-O. Let's get the hell on out of here.